Welcome to the Corporate Minister Podcast, a safe space dedicated to the hearts and minds of African-American men. Today's work environment presents some unique challenges for Black men, and they can sometimes feel overstressed, overburdened, and at the same time undervalued and underappreciated. The Corporate Minister Podcast is about speaking a word of support, encouragement, and healing to the men in these spaces, as well as to those who love and support them. We also seek to provide a means for others to understand these men, their hopes, dreams, and challenges, in order to bridge the gaps and create a dialogue. Our guiding principles in these discussions are the Word of God and the love of Jesus Christ. Our bedrock scripture, and the one that underpins all of our work here, can be found in Matthew 11, 28 and 29, where it is written, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. With that, we welcome you to the Corporate Minister Podcast, presented by your host, the Reverend Dwayne Dixon. Welcome to the Corporate Minister Podcast. My name is Dwayne Dixon, and I serve on the ministerial staff at Progressive Baptist Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm also a technology executive, and I've been in corporate America for more than 25 years. My calling is to minister to the needs of men who are sometimes forgotten, educated men of color. The world sees job titles, degrees, cars, houses, all the outer trappings of success, and often draws the conclusion that these men don't need ministry. My experience has taught me that nothing could be further from the truth. My objective here is to bring a word from the Lord that will serve as a beacon of hope, solace, and encouragement. Every couple of weeks, we address one particular topic, stress, fear, pressure, male bonding, failure, and success. And we see what the word of God has to say about it. From there, we bring in a guest speaker and explore the topic in a bit more detail. And with a little luck, you hear something that blesses you. About that, I want to hear from you. Please drop us a line at thecorporateminister at gmail.com. Again, that's thecorporateminister at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, your feedback, and your ideas. I want to make this a space that's comfortable and relevant. And on that note, let's get started. Today's topic is the importance of physical wellness. That's a topic that's especially timely in this season. And our scripture comes from 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. I'll be reading from the New International Version. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, Honor God with your bodies. Now, that's an interesting scripture because biblical scholars have interpreted it in multiple ways. But let me first give you some background. First Corinthians was written by Paul, who is one of the most prolific authors in the Bible. You've probably heard Paul's story. His name was originally Saul, and he was a relentless persecutor of Christians. But on the road to Damascus, he was blinded and was subsequently converted to Christianity. After that experience, his name became Paul, and he ultimately became one of the most prolific missionaries of Christianity. 
he made multiple missionary journeys, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and setting up churches as he went. Some of the places he went included Rome, Corinth, Galatia, Ephesus, Philippi, Colossae, Thessalonica. And as he would move on, he would write letters to the churches in those various places. And those letters became what we've come to know as the epistles or the letters of Paul, the book of Romans, the book of Galatians, the book of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, first and second Thessalonians, and the source of today's text, first Corinthians. In this particular letter, Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth, and he's giving some very specific direction and instruction. He's telling them that their bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, and he's admonishing the Corinthians that they should keep their bodies clean and pure. Now, this scripture has been interpreted multiple ways. Um, as a matter of fact, many theologians argue that this scripture is an admonition against defiling your body with sexual immorality. And that's a bigger topic. We're not going to go there today. But this scripture has also been more broadly applied to the concept of your body being something that you must take care of. Indeed, if it's a temple where God is to be present, then you owe it to him to keep it as healthy and as well cared for as possible. And that's the context we're going to address today. You know, it's hard to stay healthy. We like foods that are rich in fat, rich in carbohydrates, rich in cholesterol. And at the same time, we live hectic lives that make it hard to make time to exercise. And if your family is anything like mine, we show love through food. You've heard the whole concept that good food is love on a plate. And that's the way we deal with food. More love, more food. Unfortunately, we can pay the price of more food with diabetes, heart disease, obesity, and a host of other maladies. And to really do a deep dive on that, I wanna spend some time with the dynamic man of God. Our guest today is a pastor, musician, scholar, husband, father, and friend of mine. The Reverend Dr. Marcus D. Davidson is the senior pastor of New Mount Olive Baptist Church in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Educationally, he has a bachelor's degree from Alabama A&M. He's got a master's in biblical studies from Heritage Bible College in Huntsville, Alabama. He's got a master's of divinity from Beeson Divinity School at Sanford University in Birmingham, Alabama. And he has a doctor of ministry from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. He's also engaged in an organization called the Center for Healthy African-American Men Through Partnerships, or CHAMPS, and that's how he and I met. Now, I know a lot of you have been giving me grief because my first few podcasts, my guests were my Iota Phi Theta fraternity brothers, and I, I've been hearing people say, man, you need to diversify that a little bit. So I'm broadening the scope today. Reverend Davidson is a distinguished member of Kappa Alpha Psi, but he's also my brother through Sigma Pi Phi fraternity, the Boule. So we're broadening it out a little bit. And on that note, it is my pleasure to introduce to you the Reverend Dr. Marcus D. Davidson. How you doing, Reverend? My brother, I am well. I am well. And yourself? 
I'm doing really, really good. God is blessing in a mighty way. You know, as, as, as we launch into our, our, our discussion today, I, I laid out some information about your background, but I know you're doing a lot of ministry work these days. What can you tell our audience about what you're up to? Uh, let me say thank you uh, for what you're doing. As I shared with you earlier, man, I think this is a phenomenal, phenomenal ministry that God has placed you in. And I am um, humbly grateful that you allowed me to be a part. So thank you so much, Brother Dixon. Well, you know, honestly, man, um, actually just do my best to, in this time that we're living in, particularly with this pandemic, just trying to effectively pastor through this this moment and stay connected to our members as much as possible. It's more digitally and virtually, but just trying to do that, trying to make sure that our community uh, knows that we care, that um, we're trying to do our best to, with all we can and with the resource that we have available, make sure that they're fed, make sure that they have you know, those necessities of life. But other than that, man, just trying to stay close to the family, stay close to the church family and do all that I can to, you know, breathe through this moment and continue to trust God uh, despite all this happening. There you go. There you go. And that's a big task. I always say that those of you who are tasked with pastoring, with leading a flock, um, that's one of the most precious anointings that exists. And, and, and we just appreciate the work that you're doing. Now, as we move into our, our, our discussion today, you're no stranger to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. How does that scripture matter to you? How has that shown up in your work? You know what? Um, as you gave a beautiful presentation of the different theological perspectives, which I think are invaluable for the moment and the discussion, uh, I must say that there is this reality for me of understanding that God owns everything. And since God owns everything, that means that he owns our bodies. And if he owns our bodies, we have them and we only get one. So we have them. And since he has given us this one body, I believe we have a biblical responsibility and a biblical mandate uh, to be good stewards of our bodies. So that being the case, uh, I'm simply trying to be conscious each and every day of how I take care of that body, what I put into it, uh, how I maintain it, how I, you know, keep it whole and healthy for the glory of God. And I believe that for me, it's about consciously understanding that God gave me this body and that I should be careful as to how I handle what is ultimately his. So it's on loan to me. So the question is, uh, when I stand before him, I, I want him to be able to hear uh, me say that I've done what I was supposed to do. I've treated the way that he expected me to treat it and that I've used it ultimately for his glory. There you go. There you go. You know, it's it's interesting. Um, as we talk about this business of, of, of staying healthy, I'm reminded of a personal story. Um, about a year ago, um, I went to the doctor um, for my annual physical and, you know, did all the things that need to be done in, in, in this test and that test. And the results came back and my blood sugar had spiked to like 149. Now, you know, for those of us who know anything over 100 kind of puts you in the danger zone. And I got those results back and my wife was like, uh-uh. And like starting that day, we cut out every carbohydrate we had in our diets. I mean, no bread, no rice, no grits. Oh, she broke me down with no grits. <laughs> <laughs> no pasta, 
no nothing. And what I also started doing was I started walking and, and I got all the way up to walking two miles a day, five times a week. Great. And, oh, by the way, when I went in for that physical, I was weighing in at 282, which I knew was too much. But, yeah. you know, I was in at 282. But what ended up happening is after about four months, I went back for a follow-up because my doctor saw those numbers. He says, you're pre-diabetic. And if you don't do something, you're gonna, I'm going to have to medicate you. So I said, no, I'm going to get on top of this. And we changed the diet. I got the exercise. And four months later, I went back. My blood sugar was down to 94. And my weight had dropped from 282 down to 245. So I tell that story to make sure people understand that you can make a difference. You can make some changes in your diet. You can make some changes in your routine. And, and it will matter and it will make a difference. And, and what, I, what I like to say to people is that <clears throat> all of the work I do on my health today in my 50s is chips I'm putting in the bank that I can cash in when I get into my 60s and 70s. That's right. So, you know, as we talk about that, and again, you're engaged with the Champs Project. And, and so what for you is the key takeaway for men of color regarding trying to manage their health? You know, as you give that personal story, I have, I have one of my, my own. Honestly, I've been married for 17 years. June 1st of this year will be 18 years. And prior to getting married, I was weighing about 315. Oh, my goodness. Man, and uh, right, man, I was 315. And my wife was an avid, um, you know, fitness person. She, she worked out. She was very conscious of what she ate. And, you know, it challenged me to get better. So I was in my early 20s taking medicine for hypertension. I was overweight, but I started doing, you know, um, physical exercise, started some aerobics training, working out. And I started doing this five days a week. So I dropped down by the time we got married to 280, got to 280. And um, I, I honestly struggled with, you know, trying to keep my weight down and hypertension is genetically in my family. So I knew that I had to be very conscious of, you know, staying on top of it. So as of now, I'm about 267 and I continue to come down. And, and I must admit, you know, eating healthy, it, it's expensive, but the cost of, of making that investment now, as you say, it's putting chips in the bank for later on for uh, a better, more holistic life. So for me, I believe that for men of color, we have to understand that, you know, because of certain genetics, we have some challenges that we have to be very conscious of consistently. So I believe being physically active, uh, also being very conscious of what we eat, but also knowing that it's just being honest, being a man of color, there's a certain level of stress that just comes with that when you get up every day and you walk out of the house. So to add to, you know, those stressors, um, I would say you don't want to make food in another stressor. So I think we have to be very conscious of exercising, being conscious of the foods that we choose. And and it's true, as you said earlier, we love to eat. And, and for us in, you know, the community of African-Americans in particular, we love eating. We love eating good tasting food. And it's oftentimes food that's not necessarily healthy. But I've made some real choices. And I, I encourage brothers all of the time you know, 
it's about, you know, maybe every now and then you can have that quote unquote cheat meal, but you can't live that cheat meal life every single day. So it's about really consciously understanding. And for me, I see it as spirituality. If my mm. if my body is given to me by God and God is going to expect me to report to him one day uh, by way of my stewardship, how did I handle that? I think now it says that I must be a good steward. So there are some times I have to say no. There are some times I have to say you, you can't eat this. You can't eat that. Got to get up and be active. Got to get the proper amount of rest. Uh, Got to be mentally healthy because I think, you know, when you're not mentally healthy, it affects your physical health. And then it just continues on and continues on. So I believe that it's a reality of having to go to the doctor consistently, making sure you get your, your proper annual physicals and making sure that you, if you feel some type of pain, go get checked out. Uh, don't try to, oh man, I, I'll handle it. It'll go away. No, I think we have to be very serious about taking care of our physical health, our spiritual health and our mental health. So I think those are really serious matters that, you know, we can't just kind of brush off, get with the fellows and try to see who can out eat the the others. Say, man, let's, you know, see who can eat the most wings. I think we have to be be honest and say, hey, fellas, let's, let's go out and, and have dinner. But, you know, it's OK for us to eat salads. It's OK for us to get you know, some grilled fish every now and then you may want to get some wings and, and, you know, that little fried fish dinner, but that cannot be your consistent daily diet. So I think you have to be very conscious. And for me, what has helped me, I have to pray literally. I've said, Lord, help me not to eat those things that will be uh, unhealthy for me. That would work uh, in a way that's not advantageous for my body. And then I have to really, really speak to myself and say, bro, you, you got to take care of yourself. I have a 14-year-old daughter. I have a wife that I'm saying to myself, if I want to live for them, I have to do everything that I'm supposed to do. I know God will do his part, but I have to do everything that I am supposed to do to make sure that I'm living healthy, getting good rest, going to uh, the physicians for my checkups, making sure that I'm, I'm carefully and consciously taking care of my physical body. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, you know, it's interesting. You said that you were that heavy. Um, you know, you and I met last year and I never yes, thought that you had been that heavy. So what you're telling me was back in the day, you was big brother, big pretty cap. Is that yes, what we're <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. Hey, how's that big teddy bear, man? <laughs> <laughs> big brother swole noop. Is that what Yes, sir, bro. <laughs> Listen, man, you, you made a comment a moment ago that I want to go back to. Um, you talked about um, being there for your wife and, and, and we talk about diet and eating. Um, you know, I, it's been said that beside every great man is a great woman. What would you say about this topic to the women who are supporting um, men of color? You know, I, I think that you you it's a blessing to have a person, a spouse that will encourage you. And I'm grateful, man, listen, I'm grateful to God to have a wife who is um, very serious about healthy living, healthy eating. Uh, just just to add a little levity to the conversation, man, we we, were, um, we had our our daughter and I said, well, we're going to name the baby carbs because she's like, can't eat those carbs. You can't eat this. And I said, all you talk about is carbs, carbs, carbs. I said, oh, we're going to name the, the baby carbohydrate or whatever. But, <laughs> but the, re <laughs> the reality of it is, but bro, real talk, you know, I think that it is good to have that person who is an advocate for you. And, you know, there'll be times my wife will say, 
Uh, she calls me Mark. She said, Mark, you don't need to, you don't need to eat that. Um, that's, that's not eat that. And, and every now and then we have our moments where, you know, we'll get some ice cream, but she helps in the sense of constantly encouraging me. Let's go walking. Let's go work out. Let's do some crunches. And, and, you know, at initially, I was like, man, you can't be telling me what to do. But then I started thinking like, you know what? This woman loves me and she loves me enough that she wants to see me win and wants the best for me. And I think for me, it's a, it's it's about having that spouse in your life, that person in your life that will encourage you. Hey, you need to go see the doctor. Um, how are you feeling? You know, paying attention to you to make sure if you if you're gaining a few pounds, she may say, baby, let's go walking. And, and her little her little sign, I, I've learned it, man, for 17, almost 18 years. She'll say, baby, your head getting big. Ah! And I know what that means. <laughs> but so so for what that means is. Hey, it's time for us to drop a few pounds. But, you know, it, I, I believe that it's it's having that person that does not demean you, that does not talk about you, but encourages you. Let's let's live this healthy life. And, and I must say on a very personal level, it helps when you have someone who's cooking healthy, who is um, promoting healthy living and encouraging that. And we encourage that daughter because, you know. A lot of people, you know, just let the kids have fun and let them do this. But if it's like anything else, you want them to be good academically, you want them to be good spiritually. So you should want them to be good in their physical well-being as, as well. So her her being like our champion in our home, she's like she's like our our in-house advocate, our in-house champion that constantly encourages us, constantly pu- she she pushes us. And that's a blessing. So I would say, you know, that that good woman in your life has to be the person to say, hey, baby, you need to go get checked out, you know, making sure you have your doctor's appointments scheduled, make sure you're keeping those appointments. So I I don't think you can ever uh, miss the value of how significant that is. And as you said, when you went to the doctor, your wife, you know, got your readings and and you told her that. She immediately jumped on like, let's let's stop this. And and when you have a person that's going to join you in the fight, it's not like I'm going to sit over and eat all of this. That's you with that issue. No, we're in this together. I think that makes a difference because, you know, if you're challenged and you're trying to you're trying to do it right, you're trying to make it. You need that person that's not going to like eat all the stuff that you want in front of you. But you can look across the table and, and they're eating a salad. They're eating fruit. They're doing the right thing, making sure you drink plenty of water. So it's, those things are important. And I think having that person in your life is of paramount importance. Praise God. Well, listen, we're going to get you out of here on this question. Um, because, and Are there any resources on this topic, any books or websites or information that you'd like to share with our audience? You know what? There's this piece uh, by Christine Prescott called Spiritual Nutrition, Healthy Eating for the Christian Heart. Again, it takes a spiritual approach of of trying to make sure you incorporate these healthy eating habits and understanding to me that it's about spirituality. I think when we ever see it about spirituality, it's a whole different approach. It's not simply about let me just diet to lose weight. Let me just eat. Um, better food so that I can drop a few pounds, but let me let me choose the right stuff because this is what God would expect of me because I have something that belongs to him that he's going to give me a check on one day. So let me make sure I'm doing that. So I would suggest that book, Spiritual Nutrition, Healthy Eating for the Christian Heart by Christine Prescott, but also um, the Champs website, 
C-H-A-A-M-P-S.com, champs.com, gives you some insight, particularly for, you know, African-American men of, of how you can see some disparity studies and understand better ways of living and some tips for that. Also, uh, Balm in Gilead, B-A-L-M-I-N. G-I-L-E-A-D.org, Bomb and Gilead, which is a phenomenal organizations, uh, organization that's serious about, you know, healthy living, uh, particularly in the religious community. So I think those are some good places for some resources to go check out, um, be encouraged to to see what they're talking about, which, you know, many experts are there. Many physicians have um, chimed in. So I think those are some good resources to go and um, look in and find some some more insightful information. Outstanding. As we come to the end of our time together, Reverend Dr. Archon um, Davidson, I just want to thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing with our audience and certainly thank you for what you do on a day in, day out, week in, week out basis to minister to God's people. Appreciate you, my brother. Glad you had the chance to spend some time with us. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us at The Corporate Minister. We appreciate your spending time with us, and we would love to hear from you. If you have show ideas, prayer concerns, or if you are blessed by what you heard today, please drop us a note at thecorporateminister at gmail.com. Again, that's thecorporateminister at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and we'll see you next time.